Hello everyone and welcome to Nerdy Boys Reviews. I'm your host, Nerdy Boy Christian. And this is Nerdy Boys Reviews, your nerd podcast where the latest in nerdy news, movies, and television is discussed. So, explicit content warning material on this podcast may not be suitable for all listeners of all ages. So you've been warned. What's going on everybody? As you can tell, I'm talking a little quietly. And that's because, well, it is, you know, coronavirus peak times, you know, you know what I'm saying? And so my fiance and I have both been working from home and she is still working and um, I am off work. So I'm talking quietly so as to not disturb her with what she's doing. Um, but don't worry, I'll turn up the, the sound in, you know, after I'm done recording so that it's loud enough and clear enough for everyone to hear. Um, but anyway, yeah, um, we've been, I mean, we haven't necessarily been quarantined. You know, you can still go out, get groceries, do things you need. But um, mostly we've been staying in um, as to do our part, I guess, and prevent the spread um, and as to not potentially catch the coronavirus as well. So um, pretty much just been staying in and chilling and you know things like that so uh, I've been working from home which is you know we're, we're both very lucky both very fortunate that we can work from home we have the opportunity we're not losing income um, which a lot of people are and it's very unfortunate um, and obviously it's not good for the economy not good for small businesses which are 70 percent of the economy it's not good for their workers it's it's all around bad um, when it comes to people's health and people dying and as well as people losing their livelihoods and their ability to live the life that they thought they could with their jobs and careers and everything else. So um, it's peak times, man. It's it's not good. So, um, you know, hopefully, you know, we can try to bring some levity to this situation and just, you know, I'm glad I'm able to still podcast and work and everything else and, you know, just talk about stupid things um, that that I enjoy. So um, I will talk about some nerdy news here, but I'll, I'll save that for the end because, you know, there, there's a lot of fun, nerdy things I like to talk about. And um, I did post on my Instagram, you know, just, hey, I want to talk about some things, you know, send in some questions or suggestions if you want. And I got I got a couple Think, thankfully. So one of them is one of my friends asked me about the Silmarillion. If you're not familiar with the Silmarillion, it's um, it's written by J.R. Tolkien and, um, you know, did the Lord of the Rings. Um, but the Silmarillion is essentially, a lot of people liken it to the Bible of Tolkien's world, the world of the Lord of the Rings, which isn't just Middle Earth. It's all of Earth. Um, Middle Earth is just a small part of it. And it's called Arda, um, the earth essentially um and uh, it's it's not really a bible but it's akin to a bible in that it has stories of cre the creation of the world um and everything else and um yeah it, it's really interesting but well to me but for some people it gets a lot of uh, it gets a bit convoluted there's so many names there's so much going on like and it's not just so many different people's names it's that 
one every person has 14 different names you know it's like it gets very convoluted and confusing so you know he asked me like how old was I when I first you know really understood the story and understood the Silmarillion it's not really one story it's a lot of different small stories that kind of interconnect in ways um but yeah um and the, the truth is that um I tried to read the Silmarillion many times when I was younger and I always stopped because I just I either wasn't interested or I couldn't get into it or I just didn't really know what was going on. So, um, yeah, I would I the first time I read it fully, I understood it. But I was in my early late teens, early 20s. So, um, yeah, I'm not ashamed to to admit that <laughs> I didn't read it in full till I was like 19, 20 ish. So. Um, but once I read it, yeah, I understood it, um, because at that point I have a higher cognitive processing. I, you know, I was able to keep my concentration and, and put my interest into the story. Um, even with the Lord of the Rings, um, I read the Hobbit first, as I'm sure many people had. Um, and I, I didn't read the Lord of the Rings stories until after the movies. Cause you know, when the first movie came out, I was, um, seven eight years old and so yeah I, rem- I, I remember um seeing that and then you know it sparked my interest in the books but I hadn't read them yet so even you know after two towers return of the king then you know we're at 2003 when return of the king came out and I didn't read the lord of the rings until maybe 2005 when I was 11 years old um and I read The Hobbit just before that, and then, you know, I started reading Lord of the Rings, but it took me a long time to really read them, um, because, I don't know, I just didn't have my concentration all the way there or something, you know, we, we weren't reading them for education, for school, like, you know, even fifth, sixth grade, we have required reading in school, so I was reading a lot of that stuff, and then, you know, reading, like, Harry Potter and different things like that at that age, um, so, yeah, I didn't... I didn't read Lord of the Rings until I was maybe like 12, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there. Um, and even then it took me a long time to get through it, like probably to get through all three books, like two or three years, because I was just, I didn't have time as much to read, I guess, or I didn't put the time into it. So, you know, and anytime I wanted to fix the Lord of the Rings, I could just watch the movies at that point, um, you know, and, and I could do some research online as well. And, and find, you know, some of the stories that are a little more condensed and not as confusing. Um, but, you know, like as far as things in the Silmarillion were concerned at that age. But, yeah, I did try to read the Silmarillion for the first time when I was probably 15. Um, and, you know, I'd get through like 20 pages and it's like, what the fuck is going on? I don't understand this. So I'd stop. And then again, you know, a year later, you know, on and off until, yeah, when I was about 1920, I, I read the whole thing. And since then, you know, I read it every couple of years to, you know, get caught up or not caught up, but, you know, find things that maybe I missed or things like that. So, um, same with Lord of the Rings. I read it every couple of years now as well. I love Lord of the Rings. Um, and those stories, you know, and then inside of the Silmarillion, there's 
smaller stories like The Children of Hurin, which is also its own book that's been extended um, to really encapsulate everything, you know, and a lot of people who are big fans of all of Tolkien's work are very big fans of characters like Turin Turinbar and different different characters like this and the tragedy of the children of her and um in addition to Baron and Luthien, which is a fantastic story, which has been made into its own book, The Fall of Gondolin as well, which when you're trying to read in, I believe it's Unfinished Tales or something, one of those books, or, um, geez, there's so many, so many stories that Tolkien had to tell, and he's a fantastic storyteller, so, um, yeah, uh, um, I was, I was not young when I understood The Silmarillion, I was not young when I finished reading it, because, I think it's a hard book for young readers to 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 read, to be honest. Um, and some of the things that, like, I think would connect people is, like, if they've seen The Lord of the Rings and then they read The Silmarillion, they, they, they're interested in the characters from The Lord of the Rings, not necessarily these new characters. So um, until you get introduced again to Galadriel and... Um, character in Elrond, uh, well, Elrond's parents rather, um, you know, and and you don't really get Sauron for, for a long time until almost the end when you're getting to the, to the Numenorean kind of stories and things like that. So, yeah, it can be difficult for people when so many names and so many different names for so many people. So, um, yeah, I, I would not suggest you know at a very young age to read it anyway um because you're almost going to waste your time um not understanding or getting lost in all the the name soup and things like that so yeah that's to answer that question and then you know i mentioned like i love to talk about harry potter and stuff and someone had said you know hey if you talk about harry potter like i'll I'll listen um so yeah i love to talk about harry potter and um you know kind of the myth uh that jk rowling had the entire series planned out from the start, which is clearly not true. If you've read her books, you can tell from, you know, little details here and there. And and, and she was very good at retconning some of her early thoughts, you can tell, um, which I've talked about before with, you know, the prison, with uh, the Askewan guards, the, they were not initially meant to be Dementors. You can tell if you've read the Chamber of Secrets, the way the Hagrid talks about it. Um, you can tell that, um, she didn't have the Deathly Hallows planned out with the number of invisibility cloaks and throughout the books um, and things like that. So, which is not a problem. And I think that J.K. Rowling is very good at re- retroactive continuity. Um, and I have, a, but I have a big problem with J.K. Rowling telling us things about her books um, because I understand, you know, she wrote them; they're her ideas, everything else. Um, so people can say, well, if you want to, the truth, go to the author. They'll tell you this is this, this is this. But I, I don't think I don't like that line of thinking. Um, if that's what people want to believe, I have no problem with that. But the idea that the writer can just come out and say, yeah, this, uh, you know, <sighs> anything, to be honest, like to me the book once it's published it's its own living breathing work and we are investing uh we're not so uh i don't believe that we invest belief into stories um or rather i don't believe that we suspend our disbelief right a lot of people like oh i'm we're suspending disbelief for stories no we're investing our time and our beliefs into 
into what's happening and so we're rewarded with you know we we should be rewarded with a story that isn't you know trying to lie to us or trying to mislead us like um intentionally with with inconsistencies you know um so that's that's why like you know big reveals you can always go back and and watch and see if it's it makes sense throughout because if they intentionally lie to you to give you this big twist then you know, they've abused your investment of belief. So, um, yeah, when it comes to things that J.K. Rowling says, I don't, I take it with a grain of salt and I always go back to the source material, to the book, because if there's not evidence for it, then there's nothing that can lead me to believe it unless I just want to, which is fine. But um, the books will always be there to provide the evidence for the, the the theory or for whatever because if there's evidence then it's valid and that's the concept I believe in which not everybody will which is fine so um yeah I I think that it's when when JK Rowling uses retroactive continuity to go back and and change things that were there I, I don't think there's a problem with that. And, like, you know, even connecting to The Lord of the Rings, J.K. J.R. Tolkien was the expert, the foremost expert on this because he didn't write... He didn't... Uh, he did write his stories, but he didn't... Um, he always presented them as if they're stories he was told that he's retelling, not as if they're... St- their you know his stories that he created like when it comes to lord of the rings and things like people would people would write him letters and ask him like hey um you know there's you know look at this and he would say well this is this was from you know sam's contribution and so sam his perspective may have been different or uh you know exaggerated you know or this was from Gandalf's perspective like everything that's in Lord of the Rings is based on the in book version of the you know we saw if you watch the movies or even read the books you know that Sam wrote his version of the Lord of the Rings or Frodo wrote his version of the Lord of the Rings and Sam expanded on it and things like that there's different contributions to the story but inside Lord of the Rings is a book about the Lord of the Rings which is called the Red Book of Westmarch which is supposedly what Tolkien had been using to write our version of the Lord of the Rings and, and these are all different you know voices so anything that's inconsistent or or changed later well this is you know unreliable information from so and so or you know it's a living breathing work and that's fantastic and and it, and it adds to the depth because stories are not just puzzles to be unlocked they're not just you know we're not just trying to solve things and 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 once the problem is solved then it's done there's nothing else to the book we figured it out it's over you know books are are living breathing works that you know years later you can take something and say this is applying to what's happening now you know people you look at the simpsons the simpsons predicted this they predicted this maybe not but they, you can certainly look at it and say, look at how this is applicable to what's happening today. Look at, you know, they even if it's not predicted, it's it's real. Like, they didn't know what was happening back then, what happened today, you know. 
and like you know the assertion that um the lord of the rings was like an allegory for world war one or world war two that's what it's about you know it, tolkien hated that idea he hated the idea that this is this this represents this you know we can we can look at uh you know the ends destroying isengard you know uh, nature rebelling against industry and say well we know tolkien hated it and he hated industry he hated um the industrial revolution he he said the combustible uh uh what was it? the you know the engine the combustible and i don't i don't remember what it's called but you know what i'm talking about uh the combustible engine or whatever i said it was the worst thing that ever happened to humanity but he would hate people to say well that's why the ants destroy isengard you you can say it's you know you can apply it to that but to say it is that he would hate that because he didn't like allegory he liked application um and and i agree i agree wholeheartedly because you can apply things from the Lord of the Rings to modern things today that Tolkien could have never conceived of. But you can also apply it to things back then. But to say it is that, you can say it's, it, it seems like this or, you know, maybe he drew inspiration from this. But to say this is absolutely an allegory for the First World War, for um, his hatred of, of, the, of industry, it's just, it's nowhere near the truth. Um, and no, and he wouldn't like that to happen. He, you know, to speculate about things, to, to come up with ideas and perspectives. That's something that's beautiful. That's something that, you know, you invested into this and you're coming up with this, right? So I can talk louder now. I just got some, you know, took a break, got some water, you know, my fiance is done with work. So now I can speak up, um, a little louder. So yeah, uh, like I was saying, um, you know, you're investing your time, you're investing your belief into these stories. And as long as there's textual evidence for the ideas that they breed in you, then, then, then the, then they're valid. Um, so, you know, if, if JK Rowling comes out and says Dumbledore is gay and you can find evidence in the book to support that, to make you believe that, then by all means, it's a valid interpretation, but it's her interpretation and until you find the evidence to support it for your belief then it's then then that'll be your interpretation at that point but if you don't find evidence for it, you don't want to you know you, you in the evidence that they support to there you don't you don't buy it that's valid too and it doesn't make you a bad person to think something different because it goes against what the writer said you know if the writer tells you something you know how many how many stories are there of people that find this belief, this evidence in the story to support this belief of theirs, and then the writer comes out and says, "Oh, y'all, no, this is this," you know, <clears throat> and you're just like, "Wow, that kind of just ruins it for me," you know, you know what I mean? Like, why the writer should not be ruining things for you? Like, their work may speak differently to them than it speaks to you you know just like songs uh you might listen to a song and you might think wow this relates to you know how i'm feeling at this time and it really you know i i relate to it so much and the writer comes out and says no i was just on drugs and it's about that 
and you're just like, wow, okay, so it doesn't relate to my life at all. No, you still related to it. You still had those emotions and those feelings. And, and you know, the, the song is talking about, you know, it seems like it's talking about, you know, feeling down and feeling anxious and, and depressed and, you know, trying to find ways to get over that. Or, or I was talking to about this, this girl that, you know, you related to that because you went through a similar situation with a girl. That's all valid. You didn't not have those feelings just because the writer says, no, I I was just talking about being on drugs. You know, like, (laughs) why should it matter? That's their interpretation. And just because they're the writer doesn't mean that your interpretation is not valid. And that's where I'm coming from with all of that. So, um, yeah, but I I don't really know what else to say because there's not, you know, just I'm just talking to myself pretty much. So, um, you know, when it comes to Harry Potter, there's so much to talk about. Um, (laughs) there's, there's just countless things. Um, you know, if you want to talk about fantasy fiction and, and things like that to specificity with Harry Potter, then, then we can, but I'm just talking about myself and didn't, don't have someone really bounce off. And, and unless someone wants to offer a topic, it's hard to, really discuss um you know at length so yeah that that, i I guess we'll leave it there for just this random talk um but you know i i i mean i'm a fan of harry potter of course i have a deathly hallows tattoo which is you know the basic bitch of the tattoo world um but i do actually get a lot of compliments on it despite it being so simple um you know, there's a story behind this tattoo, just like there's a story behind all the tattoos I have. So if you're interested in that, you want to know, hey, why did you get certain tattoos or do you like your tattoos? Is there things you don't like about them? I could talk about that, too, because, you know, there's, you know, there's some things. There's always some things. Um, so, yeah, but it, I guess I'll uh, discuss some of the the news in the in the nerd world. Um that's going on because there always is um you know the coronavirus won't stop the news uh, but you know at the same time it will uh you know infect the news because let's be honest guys it's 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 a it's affecting everything at this point um but yeah yeah some some news apparently by by american votes um the the most popular superhero in the united states is superman shock uh second is spider-man um i don't know if that's real news but mm, it's it's news enough i suppose uh warner brothers has pushed back wonder woman 1984 to august um you know there was some rumors oh it's gonna be directed to to dvd or direct stream or release whatever um yeah, no. Uh, Patty Jenkins has said it's like, you know, it was made to be seen in the theaters, so it's going to be seen in the theaters. And it's just been pushed back to August, much like everything else has been pushed back. Um, let's see, what else do we have? Uh, apparently, Disney Plus's Cassian Andor series will bring back unused Star Wars characters. Um, it'll finish filming later this year. Diego Luna will reprise his role as Cassian Andor alongside Alan Tudyk's K2SO, which is pretty cool. You know, we get a K2SO, who's one of the best characters from the movie, if I'm honest with you. 
Um, however, Lucasfilm special effects artist Neil Scanlan has indicated that series will also utilize characters and concepts that were created for Star Wars projects. He said, we have this backlog of characters. Uh, a lot of the characters that we built for all the films either didn't make it to the final cut because that's just the way that the film process happens or that they are seen to momentarily are seen so momentarily that there is this wonderful second opportunity to bring back some of the characters that we've made and bring them to this new storyline in a more, shall we say, integrated way. I think it's going to be tremendous. I find that it's a second opportunity for everything that we've made, plus the opportunity of moving TV along, in a sense, at what will not at all be diminished as far as the level of quality, the level of things that we are going to try to achieve. So, yeah, that'll be cool. Always a big fan of Star Wars stuff. And at the end of this news little thing, I'll, I'll talk about um, Star Wars as a whole in a little more depth with, uh, with some interesting things uh, going on in my personal life. Um, so there's also, I mean, it says rumors, but it kind of was confirmed as well that um, Ahsoka who is from Star Wars, Clone Wars, um, and in Rebels, she will be make her live action debut in The Mandalorian season two, and that Rosario Dawson will play her. And then we got all these clickbaity articles about Ashley Eckstein, who is the voice actress for Ahsoka, um, and her addressing the casting rumors and all this stuff. And and I always find it funny because. Like all the all the headlines make it seem like she had this this bad thing to say when really she's just like oh I'm happy to see Ahsoka like you know be put into more things and like you know glad to see her journey no matter who's playing her and stuff like that which you know people might take as uh, as a hit or something I don't know but um yeah <laughs> it is it's really not real news but the exciting thing is that you know, we're most likely going to see Ahsoka in the Mandalorian season two, which, which I think will be dope. And Rosario Dawson is a fantastic actress that a lot of people know and like, so that'll be cool too. Um, the coronavirus ain't getting everyone down though, because, uh, Umbrella Academy showrunner says season two won't be delayed as well as Dr. Strange. Um, they say it's still maybe on track to film in June. So, you know, maybe some good news. Bill Burr is also returning for the Mandalorian season two. Um, we get a tease that a massive war is coming to Fantastic Beast three, um, which I can't get too hyped about because Fantastic Beast one was was really good and Fantastic Beast two was uh, very not good. Um, so yeah, we'll see how the third one is. Um, Jesse Eisenberg, <coughs> I hate fucking Jesse Eisenberg. Um, he said he would love to play Lex Luthor forever. Um, and I saw this was this article that because it was posted on Facebook and all the comments were like, no, please no. Like, and I agree. He was he. I just don't like Jesse Eisenberg, um, and that's well documented. And uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, Batman's filming is delayed because of the coronavirus. But we we do have. So, if you guys aren't aren't familiar with. Uh, well, I'm sure most of you know who Patty Jenkins is, the director of Wonder Woman, who's doing Wonder Woman 2. She was originally um, set to direct, to be the first woman to direct a Marvel Studios film. She was signed on to helm Thor The Dark World, but she ultimately dropped out before being replaced by Alan Taylor. Um, and, you know, obviously she she's doing, she did fantastic work on 
Wonder Woman. Um, but she she did shed some light on her departure um, during an interview with Vanity Fair. And this is what she had to say. She said, I did not believe that I could make a good movie out of the script that they were planning on doing. I think it would have been a huge deal. It would have looked like it was my fault. It would have looked like, oh my God, this woman directed and directed it and she missed all these things. The Dark World was one uh, was the one time in my career where I really felt like, do this with another director and it's not going to be a big deal. And maybe they'll understand it and love it more than I do. You can't do movies you don't believe in. The only reason to do it would be to prove to people that I could. But it wouldn't have proved anything if I didn't succeed. I don't think that I would have gotten another chance. And so I'm super grateful. Uh, and uh, I don't think that she's wrong. I think that that in general she's correct. Um, it's funny because, you know, there's a little discussion about, you know, movie like mcu film rankings kind of on twitter this week between nerdy boy scott and myself and and some other people um and other you know some people are saying yeah the the thor of the dark world wasn't great but I, you know it worked you know it, it did what it was supposed to do to push the narrative forward for um you know the infinity stones and everything else even though it wasn't that great of a movie um but what she's saying may be true because maybe people would have blamed her and said, you know, it shouldn't have been a, a female director or something like that. Like people are scummy that way sometimes. Um, but yeah, Thor the, Thor the Dark World has its moments. It's not a terrible film, um, but it's definitely in the bottom five probably of Marvel films to most people. But a lot of people also enjoy Thor and, and all of his stories no matter what. So um, yeah, for me, it, it's kind of low rated, but for other people, maybe it's not. And, and, you know, it's good she sh- she shed some light because most people would agree that the problems of the movie are the script. Um, not so much, you know, it's not Thor Hemsworth or Chris Hemsworth, you know, it's not Thor himself. It's not Loki. Like, they're, they're still great and they're always great. So, um, yeah, I think we can all pretty much agree. Um, obviously, we know Rise of Skywalker is on Blu-ray and there's a lot of discussion to be had about that uh that sequel trilogy like in fact i even watched uh the last jedi recently and the first time i watched it i liked it the second time i watched it uh, i liked it a little less and now watching it for a third time like i think i like it more than i I liked it the first time like thematically the movie works really well for me and there's some really cool things and like just as a star wars fan like like i really like it despite what people have to say about what they did to luke's character and things like that like sure some of it's true and sure like there, there are problems with the movie but i just i really enjoyed overall like you know people are saying it's um like this movie that's like social justice warrior stuff and all this stuff and like i can you can see where they're getting it from but like it doesn't affect my enjoyment of the movie and it doesn't it uh, like you have to be if you're looking to be offended by it you will be and if you're not then most likely you won't be um and that's kind of where i was like i'm not i'm not trying to be upset about you know women being in charge or whatever like i don't know i don't don't really know but sure people can be upset about it um and you know the, the the one thing like the canto bite stuff is still like largely pointless to me um and i think without that the movie instantly just becomes so much better um but you know obviously it's a part of the movie and that's just 
that's just how it is. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, anyway, um, uh, Diamond, uh, Diamond Distributors, they're, they, they are not a great company, but they're pretty much the only company, uh, in charge of distributing comic books to comic book stores and, and collectibles and things like that. They put all of their, um, distribution on hold during the coronavirus pandemic. So there's that, um, you know, a, a digital books will still be available for anybody who reads digitally. Um, but yeah, yeah I don't think people, I don't think comic book stores are, are considered essential or that they're open in, in this time anyway. Um, but yeah, so, um, I think that's, it, oh, this is a good one. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we all know that um, Dark Phoenix X-Men movie came out earlier. It came out last year. So um, the film hasn't gotten very flattering reviews. And Simon Kinberg, who wrote and directed it, memorably took responsibility for its failures after it hit theaters. However, it turns out that New Mutants director Josh Boone has some thoughts of his own. Um, he was rec- uh, The New Mutants obviously was recently postponed indefinitely due to fears surrounding the novel coronavirus. But according to Boone, sitting on its release until long after Dark Phoenix Mushroom Cloud dissipated was the right call. <laughs> Uh, he said, look, you can only go up after Dark Phoenix. Uh, that's not to say anything bad about the people involved, but it was what it was. Honestly, I feel less pressure now than I did ahead of uh, the original release date uh, because we've tested our movie so many times the audience have loved it. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think he's wrong. I haven't seen it. Um, even my friend, he, he saw it. He actually really enjoyed Dark Phoenix, but... Uh, I've not heard good things about it, and I believe it is on HBO, so maybe I'll check it out, uh, but yeah, uh, it doesn't speak well when they're saying you can only go up from there. Um, Batgirl is going to be in Harley Quinn Season 2. I've watched a bit of the Harley Quinn series, um, and I can tell you it's definitely not for children. Do not let any children watch this show if you have them. It's not a joke. Like, like they cuss a lot. There's like some really messed up stuff that happens. So, um, yeah, not recommended at all for anybody maybe under the age of 14 or 15. Uh, so yeah, just, uh, just don't let your kids watch it. Um, yeah. Uh, as of this week, Birds of Prey is on digital. Still haven't watched it. Might pick it up. Um, check it out and let you know my thoughts. Um, Stephen Amell says he's never gone back to the Arrowverse, which if you like, he, when he talked, he talked about his death scene and stuff on, on the podcast when they're filming it. He just, he just really didn't enjoy, uh, the way it was filmed and the way it was taken care of. Um, so I don't blame him. Um, Marvel TV's Hellstrom series has wrapped its first season. So I'm pretty excited to see that. Honestly, see a trailer for it. Um, but yeah, anything else? Uh, Black Widow has been delayed indefinitely as well, the release of that. Um, and, yeah, I think that's it. Oh, Amelia Clark came out and said she was annoyed um, by the Game of Thrones finale, and she's open to being in a Marvel movie. And, yeah, I think a lot of people would agree. I'd like to see it in a Marvel movie, but, yeah, a lot of people would agree that the final season of Game of Thrones uh, kind of ruins the whole series for a lot of people um so 
yeah, that's all the news. That's that's all the fun stuff I have to talk about. But I will say, I will bring back up the Star Wars thing I was talking about. So, um, I've been trying to get my fiance to watch Star Wars, and um, you know, we watched A New Hope. Um, we saw it in a like an old theater because um, they somehow got the rights to show the original films, um, not the special editions, um, which I think was a detriment, a detriment, sorry, um, because it's so old, um, and, you know, she likes subtitles, you know, or, like, close captioning, and, and, you know, it's not in HD, so it's hard to see, and, and different things like that, it's hard to hear, like, the, the sound mastering wasn't great, you know, but for me, like, as a Star Wars fan, like, seeing that original was, was really cool, uh, but as for your first time seeing the movie in 20. 19 like you know you're not gonna enjoy it as much sometimes so um it took me a while after that to get her to see to watch empire strikes back um but eventually you know she's like okay i'll watch it um and she liked it more obviously than a new hope because we watched it at home she could have closed captioning and everything else so yeah and then after that we did start return of the jedi and then we we got distracted, so we didn't finish it. We were maybe about halfway through, and then this last week, she finally finished it, and I, I like, she won't really admit it, but I know, I know she's interested in the other movies now, and I, and like, she'll ask me questions, and like, I'll start explaining a little bit, but I'm like, no, 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 I can't tell you, because I don't want to ruin it for you when you watch them, and she's like, okay, maybe like in 2022, I'll watch some. Like, like, no, we're going to watch them because I know you're interested now. Um, you know, and, and the story in the prequels is still interesting, despite the fact that people think they're not good movies, which I agree, they're not great movies, but I still love them. Um, you know, and, and the story, I like the story. So, um, you know, obviously Revenge of the Sith is by far the best one in my opinion. And so I'm very excited to try to get her to 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 see these movies um you know and then the sequel trilogy i think she'll enjoy uh for the most part without all the bullshit surrounding it by uh star wars fans um but i think it's just because they're more modern she'll like them like a lot better but yeah that's all that's all i really have to say on this episode sorry for like the quiet stuff at the beginning um and yeah if i touched on anything you want to hear more about or if there's anything in general you want me to talk about nerd nerd wise you know i'm more than happy to so let me know that's everything i have for you i'm nerdy boy christian and as always stay nerdy boys